0: Uh, with his resurrection and so we're going to read here in chapter 21 and we're going to start with verse 6 and go through 16 and but we're going to look at this a little differently today I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this I, I, I want to uh, give more of a question about who or, or a statement more so of who Jesus is and uh, we're, we're going to uh, stop and pause in verse 10 whenever they ask this question who is this and then we're going to go from there and, and we'll get into that in a moment but let's go ahead and read this passage here in Matthew 21 starting at verse 6 and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes and they set him thereon And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Well, who is this? Who is this one that that we're making such a big deal of? Who who is this one that that everybody is so excited about? Who is this that now is drawing the attention of of everyone in the city? And and who is this one that that uh, I hear everybody screaming about and crying out Hosanna? And 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 we all want to know who is this? And and then it tells us, and when he was come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And The multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Still a wrong conception of who Jesus is, and still not sure of who he is, and and, and so they move on, and Jesus uh, doesn't say anything to them about that, but it shows us that he continues to show that he is not just the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee, that that He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that He is the great prophet, He is the great high priest, that He is all of these things because He's God Himself. And, and so it shows us this as He goes into verse 12, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And He said unto them, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them i love this there were those that that were selling the very name of jesus they were they were selling these uh, sacrifices they had they had made something that was holy and sacred into uh, nothing more than a den of thieves and And he chases those out, those that are hypocrites, those that were the religious of the day. But I find it interesting how in all of that, and and he chases them all out of there, those that really had a need and and those that were humble and and those that knew and, and understood the power that Jesus had, that he didn't scare them at all, as a matter of fact, even as he chased them out with the whips and turned their tables over and got them out of the temple it tells us that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them and when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and and here we see the we see the difference between a relationship and a religion and those that are religious are always going to be intimidated by uh, having a relationship with jesus and and Jesus starts with the inside and changes the inside and 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 brings a change on the outside and Religion, all they want is a change on the outside. And thinking that all the things that they do on the outside is what's going to be pleasing to God. And none of that matters to God. It matters what's coming from the heart and from the inside. But here, He'd done all of these wonderful things. And and, and, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. They were sore displeased. And here we have the, the very children that... That many uh, look at and see that and, and counted them as nothing. And, and they, were, they were those that, that you might say today were not essential. And, and here they are. They're the ones that, that were looked over. And, and it was those that actually saw and understood who Jesus really was, that, that he's God himself, that he is the Messiah, the one that we truly need to be worshiping and praising and giving honor to. And, and the religious were blinded and they were sore displeased. And said unto them, Jesus did, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, Thou's perfected praise? And so here we give this thought. They ask, who is this? Who is this one that has raised such a stir in this city? Who is this one that has raised such a stir in this country? And, and, and there are those in our country still today that, that, are, that are still asking this very question. I, I, I was encouraged this week. I, I read an article where it, it said that, that prayer has now exceeded the numbers of people looking it up on Google over COVID-19. That's encouraging. That's encouraging to know that people are starting to understand that that there is someone, and and or there is something that that is in their conscience that's reminding them that that I am more than just some blob. That that I am more than just some uh, uh, part of the the universe that that has uh, come into existence by by some atom exploding. And and now I'm starting to understand that. That, you know what, there may be something more than just this life, and, and there might be something more than than what this world has to offer, and, and there might be something out there that, that actually can give me peace, because I'm telling you that the government's giving me no peace at all in this. They're showing me that they're very inadequate in how they are dealing with these things, and and, and they're showing me that science doesn't have an answer to this, and, and it's showing me that that the economy is based upon rumors and and can crash today or tomorrow or or last week or or can things all these things are are so fragile and and, and, and it's starting to wake people up and make them realize that, hey, maybe there is something out there that, that I need to be looking to that, that can give me some stability and, and understanding. And and oh yes, there are those that still shake their fist at God. And there are those that are trying to explain this and, and take care of the issues that, and think that they have the power to do so. And this will never be stopped until God says it will be stopped. And we need to understand that There is someone that has the answer to this. And so as we ask this question, who is this? God gives us the answer of who it is. It's Jesus, the friend of sinners. Jesus is the one that that has shown us that he is God. Jesus is the one that has shown us through all of this that That He can heal the sick and He can make the lame to walk again and the blind to see. He's the one that can stop the plague. He's the one that 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 we ought to base our economy on. He's the one that all of our, uh, all of our government ought to be bowing to him and understanding and begging and pleading for him to give them wisdom and, and and to and to give them a heart for the people and to and to be what it is that they need to be and in the churches today. How, how we need to get back to the reality that many of us in our own churches and even in Bible-believing preaching churches that that we have been wrong in our attitudes and and we've been wrong in the way that we're living and and we need to get back to understanding that God needs to be first in all things we need to understand that that God judges and that God allows things to happen because he wants us to draw closer to him and have the kind of relationship that that He has described to us in the Scripture of the, of the bridegroom and the and the bride. And wants us to have that closeness and togetherness with Him. And, and He's bringing us to that. And, and in all of this, and in all of the wickedness that's around us, and even with the virus that's taking place, I want you to know that Jesus is your friend. He's our friend. You go on over here in to Luke chapter 7 and. It says here that we need to realize who He is. That The Lord said in verse 31 of Luke chapter 7, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation as to what they are like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. Oh, they were busy. They were busy doing. They expected God to react to that. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And you say, he hath the devil. Here was one that came and didn't do as we did. And... And and here was one that ate locusts and honey and, and one that looked like a wild man. And, and he comes in and tells us that we need to repent and that, that we need to understand that behold the, the Lamb of God that, that taketh away the sins of the world and, and you treated Him like He was one that had a devil. And then you see the Son of Man is come eating and drinking and you say, behold a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber a friend of publicans and sinners. You know, they said that, the religious said that as a condemnation that he was a friend of publicans and sinners. But God took that as a badge of glory that Jesus was a friend of sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. And So who is this? I want you to know that it's Jesus, the friend of sinners. He's the one that is always good. He's the one that will help you and guide you. He's the one that saves you. Look at this for just a few moments as we give thought to who He's a friend to. And right here in Luke chapter 7 and start with verse 36. Now we continue on. We see that He's a friend to the harlot. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet and and I find this interesting that that here he goes and and obviously he knows the hypocrisy of this Pharisee and and and, and in this case we're, we're going to see he deals with the Pharisees later also and and he is even the friend of the religious and and he's going to show them the truth of their uh, of their pharisaical ideas but We're we're not focused on this so much. The Pharisee is saying, hey, this is great. This is going to build up my stature and and help me in the the political realm of things when he's going to come and eat with me. And so he he goes into the Pharisee's house and he sits down to meet. and, And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. I love that. I love that. You know what God wants us to do? He wants every one of us to recognize that we're a sinner. Oh, how we need to realize that, that sin is that barrier that keeps us from God. It's that sin of unbelief that ha- has, has kept us in bondage and, and our entire lives are characterized by, by, by that of one that is in bondage to sin. And, and here He shows us that this lady was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at meat. And, and this word no has the idea of knowing by recognition and so here she is she's she recognizes that this Jesus and sat up meat in the Pharisee's house and what does she do but she brought an alabaster box of ointment and and here uh, uh, it was a stone much like marble and and uh, uh, sealed with, with wax and and inside she had this very expensive ointment that that uh, she brought and and it tells us that and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the with the ointment and so here we see that she had a heart of repentance and she recognized that she was a sinner. She recognized who Jesus is and, and so now she comes to Him with this heart of repentance and, and she's giving Him and and, and worshiping Him and, and in all of this, we see that prideful heart in verse 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden Him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him for... She is a sinner. But I love that Jesus goes on and gives a parable of one that was forgiven of little and one that was forgiven of of a lot. And, And He asked Simon, which one of these would love me most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And He said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. Thy faith hath saved thee. A tense where it talks about something that at that very moment in time takes place and the results last forever. Woman, your faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Look, when we live our lives in, in, in the tumultuous world that we live in and, and right now we're understanding just a little bit uh, uh, of how tumultuous this world truly can get. I, I want you to know that that Jesus is the friend of sinners and and here he was a friend to a harlot, one that had not been living her life in the way that was pleasing to God whatsoever. and she walks out of there with a peace that passeth all understanding, because she had made peace with God, through forgiveness, through faith in Jesus Christ as her Savior. He's a friend to the harlot. He's a friend to the possessed. Look at verses 1 and 2 of the very next chapter. And came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. You go on down here in this chapter, and you go to verse 26, and they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils a long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Dropping down to verse 30, and Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. So it tells us that verse 33, Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid they also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed you know something just came to my mind as, as I'm reading that just now and they went out to see what was done and they came to Jesus and they found the man that that they had gotten so used to living here and 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 wearing no clothes and 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 abiding in in the tombs and 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 was making a mockery of God and everyone else I'm sure and was very violent and and they had gotten used to this and and now it tells us that that they come and and they see that now the man is in his right mind that that he's dressed, he's clothed and and he's there communing with Jesus himself and and truly has become exactly what it is that that he needs to be an example of the peace that that Jesus gives and 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 in the, and in this very moment we see what fear can do to someone and how fear can distract you from what it is that God is wanting to do in your life, and right here is the, is a perfect example of of not having a sound mind and and being afraid and and running from something in an uncontrollable fashion and not thinking things out the way that you ought to. Because here they are; they're seeing a great miracle that has taken place. They are looking at a man that is now at peace and and that is at peace with God and and that is at peace with all of those around and. They're afraid. Their fear has kept them from coming to the one that is your friend. Here is the one that was possessed and and he was a friend to this one that was possessed. He was the one that had the answer to all that was going on and and this one that was being controlled by by this demon and and legion of demons. and, And here we see that Jesus being his friend Cast them all out and and here we see that they come and and, and in their fear of of all of this and and the fear of something changing and they don't see Jesus. Don't let this virus, don't let the reaction of our president and don't let the reaction of, of all of the people all over the world distract you from anything in understanding that the message is still here Who is this? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that can save you. Jesus is the one that gives you life. Jesus is the one that will take away your fear. Jesus is the one that can take and cast out those demons. Jesus is the one that that if He has you addicted to something, that Jesus is the one that breaks the bonds of that addiction. And Jesus is the one that can deliver you just as He did this, this man that was running around in the tombs. Jesus is the one that gives you the freedom. Don't let fear distract you from what Jesus is trying to tell you in this time. You need to trust Him as your Savior. You humbly bow to Him and you come to Him with a pure heart and, and a pure heart by that. There's no other motives in this other than you confessing that you're a sinner and, 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 that, and that you truly deserve hell and, and that Jesus is the only way and, and Jesus is the one that made the sacrifice for my sins and, and, was, and died and buried and, and rose again and, and with all of your heart, you trusting and calling upon Him, and He'll save you. And He'll deliver you. And you don't have to live your life in fear any longer. He also goes on here in chapter eight and shows us that he also is the friend to the sick. Verse forty three, it tells us that it, Jesus is walking through a throng of people. I mean, there are people that that need him. There are people in our world that need him. I have a friend that was preaching in the Beltway last week, had a gentleman in that church that was a first responder and said that in the last two weeks because of this pandemic that's going on and because of the reaction that's going on, they're averaging two suicides a day. Two suicides a day. People are dying because of the needs that they have. And they're allowing the fear to overwhelm them. And oh, how Jesus is showing us. Right now, during this greatest time of all Christianity, this week, next weekend, as we worship and celebrate the greatest act of love that has ever been shown in all of history that well, nothing can ever be compared, our Savior, our God, dies on the cross was buried and rose again so that we have no need to fear but have salvation, everlasting life. There are those that are like the harlot. There are those like the possessed. There are those who are sick. Verse 43, And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, So we see her need and came behind him and touched the border of his garment. Immediately, her issue of blood stanched, stanched, stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, first of all, you know as well as I do, Jesus already knew who it was. But he's calling her out. You know, I think part of that, just not the whole message of this thing, but I think he calls her out because he wants to show her that you can't be a closet Christian. You can't be a closet believer. You can't say that your relationship with Jesus is private and it's nobody else's business because Jesus doesn't function that way. Jesus wants you to tell others. And so he says, who touched me when all denied Peter? And they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee and sayest thou, who touched me? Jesus said, somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Power has gone out of me. Can you imagine? We're walking along and thronged with people all around him, and, and they're just kind of pushing them out of the way, and, and all of a sudden, in all of this chaos, and Jesus just stops and he says, hey, somebody touched me. Well, yeah, Jesus, you're you looking around here, you seeing what's going on. I mean, there's everybody is touching. No, somebody touched me. Now all of a sudden, I could almost see how everybody's like, hey, he's talking. What's he saying? Let's listen to what's going on. What's got him upset here? What is it that, that's going on? And, and why is he making such a deal of this? And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him perfect example of our humility that we ought to have with our God she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said unto her daughter he recognized her not as part of the creation but part of the adopted family daughter Be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. He's a friend to the sick. Here we see the result of that. We see the result of her sickness. Brought her faith about. to Where she placed it in Jesus. And she was made whole. He's a friend to the needy. We'll be here in chapter 9. But before we go to chapter 9, over in Mark chapter 6, just one verse, it kind of goes, it's in the same context and passage, but given by the, recorded by Mark, and says in Mark 6 and verse 34, and it says that, uh, actually in verse 33, Jesus is, is walking and He said, hey, let, let's go to a ship privately, guys, we got to get away for a while, it, it's, it's just chaotic, we need a break. And, and so let's go down to the sea. We're going to get on a ship. We'll get out on the water where it's quiet and, and, a, and a good place to go. And, and the people, they, they saw him departing. So it says that they took off running and they got ahead of him. And they got down there before he did, and and they're and they're all over, and and, and they came together unto him, and here's all this strong still coming to him, and and running over the hills, and 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 coming down to the shore, and and they're wanting to see Jesus again, and and they have all these needs that he has, and and Jesus when he came out saw such people, so much people, and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd, and. He began to teach them many things. There are all kinds of needs in our world today. There is a terrific need that God would stay this plague that's going on in our country, and not only in our country, but in all of the world. And it's showing us a need that we have, and showing us that there are people that have lost their jobs. There are there are, and no no fault of their own and and there are people that 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 are locked away in their home and, and they're and they're not doing well with this whatsoever and and there are those that have been addicted to, to to different substances and and they've been able to get out and keep their mind busy and and stay away from those kinds of things and now. All of a sudden they're probably doing battle with, with those things and, and because of the stress that's going on around them they're, they're wanting to fall back into those things and, and, and here we see that and, and there are those that are hungry and, and all these needs and Jesus is looking at them and, and seeing them coming and, and, and He sees all of this but you see the first thing that He does is not to go feed them uh, physically but the first thing that He does is He sits them down and He teaches them. He teaches them. We need to sit down during this time and quit hoarding. Quit thinking that we had to have all of these things and prep for the end of the world and then and, and doing all of the crazy things that fear causes us to do. And, and rather, we need to take this time, sit down. Sit down. And be taught by the one who meets all of our needs. And so I wonder about everything that he taught them during that time. I'm not sure what everything it was that he taught them, but God doesn't record it all. But I can only imagine that he probably brought up again Deuteronomy, where Moses reminded them that you shall not Live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of his mouth. I'm sure that it reminded him that God was a great provider. And then he shows them that he's a great provider by feeding of the 5,000. Luke 9, verses 10 through 17 gives us that. I'm not going to go there for time. You can go back and read that on your own. But it says that there were 5,000 men. He so said, Make them sit down by fifties in company. And they did eat, were all filled. There was taken up of fragments that remained to them 12 baskets. God reminds us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, But my God shall supply your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Oh, how we need to take time. And understand that Jesus is a friend to the harlot. He's a friend to the possessed. He's a friend to the sick. He's a friend to the needy. He's a friend to those that are weak in their faith, also. And for time, I won't go there, but in Mark chapter 9, verses 17 through 29, it tells us of a story there where, where there was another man that his son was possessed and, 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 and was a, a, a hard and heavy burden to his dad. And tells us that his dad comes to Jesus and, and, and asks Jesus that, Oh, Jesus, I know that you can save my son, and, and would you save my son? And just two verses in 23 and 24, it says, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And so here He says that, and this is something for every one of us, Jesus said unto him, if you can believe that all things are, and and you can believe then all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Oh, there are times where we need to understand that Jesus is a friend to the weak in faith. We need to understand that he's always there. We need to understand that all he wants us to do is trust him and live for him and, and leave all these things behind and, and not worry about these things and those that lose their jobs and those that those that are, are, are afraid of their loved ones getting sick and 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 be careful. I'm I'm not saying be stupid, but be careful of those things. But but we can we can uh, the the those that are fighting the addictions those that that are extroverts and now you feel like you're in a prison somewhere and and those that are introverts and want to use this as an excuse to live this way for the rest of your lives and and how we need to get rid of all of this and understand that that Jesus wants us to come to him and trust him and 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 help us with our unbelief and help us to be obedient to him and not lock ourselves away to the point of where we'll never be used. And and here we need to walk with Him and trust Him and He will guide us. Help us in our unbelief. He'll help us in our storms. You remember there in Luke chapter 8, they were in the storm while they were on the ship. And He calmed the sea, showing them that He could take care of all things. We need to remember those things and understand that Jesus is a friend to those who are weak in the faith. John chapter 3. Look at that, if you would. We see here in John chapter 3 that Jesus is also a friend to the religious by showing them that religion does nothing. And he points them to the truth. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, so he's very religious, very political. The Pharisees were also pretty much ran the uh, politicians of the day. The same came to Jesus by night, whether it was he was afraid to be seen in the daytime, whether he knew he'd be chastised by others, I'm not sure why, but he came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi. We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. you imagine Nicodemus? It's like, where did that come from? Why did he say that? I, I called him a rabbi. Does he not know that I recognize and respect him as a teacher of the law and and a teacher of the word? And does he not realize that I'm also a Pharisee, a, a ruler of the Jews? And yes, I know that I came by night, but here I am. Does he not realize all of the good things that I've done? And does he not realize that the, the power that I have? Does he not realize and understand all the money that I have? And And here he is telling me that The very first thing that comes out of his mouth is that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he goes and kind of makes a mockery of this. How can someone go back into the womb of his mother and and be born again? Jesus answers him again, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. Water is not baptism. Baptism. Water is your physical birth. The second birth is of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Don't take things to make them say something that it doesn't say. You're saved by your faith in in Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. And here, being born again. First of all, you're born of the water, the, the physical birth. The second one is the Spirit, the spiritual birth. Until you're born of that spiritual birth, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's emphatic. Then he looks at him again and says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Okay. Okay, Jesus. Well, how? Well, you need to understand verse 15 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He's a friend. To the religious. Cast off your religion. Cast off the traditions. Cast off all of that which starts with the outside and thinking that you can please God by just outward actions. And realize that you need to come to Him with your heart. You trust Him from the inside. You humbly bow to Him. and trust Him as your Savior. And then He changes you from the inside out. And you're morphed into something that only God can make you. And so we look to Him as a friend to the religious. But then the last one, go back to Luke chapter 19. We end with this one. He's also a friend to the worldly. He's a friend to the politician. He's a friend to the IRS agent. He's a friend to all the bureaucrats that are getting rich off of those around you tells us in verse 1, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was a chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, and come down. I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Not because of all the things that he gave, but because of the change of his heart. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You ever given thought, believers, that God is allowing this to happen? To wake people up so that they understand that everything that they were finding their confidence in is now gone. And that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that they need to realize that as He come walking into Jerusalem, And they were giving him all this praise. And the world comes running around him and says, Who is this? We can tell them it's Jesus, the friend of sinners. He'll save you. He wants to save you. Trust him, look to him, and he'll give you the peace, the forgiveness that you've never had before. Trust Him today. Trust Him today. Jesus, a friend of sinners. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I think of the battle that's going on in our world today far bigger than just some spiritual or some physical battle over a a virus. It is a spiritual battle. I think even of just the distractions that were thrown at us this morning, right here, today, in this service, Lord, we know it's a spiritual battle. Father, I pray that you will quiet the hearts of each one. Help us to not listen to all the voices that are out there, but only listen to you and find what it is that you want for us as individuals to do with our relationship that we have with you maybe it starts by trusting you as our savior maybe it continues on as believers to get our hearts right from all of our rebellion and put you first place where you belong Lord, you'll wake up our churches and that we've been so busy doing the outside and doing all of the ministries and we've forgotten to worship you in all of this. I pray that you would show us and help us to remember that you're our friend. And when we trust you, you're our Father. The one that has created all things The one that protects us with your mighty hand. The one who overshadows us. The one who is our fortress and our buckler and our shield. Help us to draw nearer to you. Help us to live for you. Guide us. Direct us. Do a work. In the hearts of every believer and every person that's watching this, Do a work in their hearts. Guide them and direct them. And that, Father, you will receive all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 317. 317. What a friend we have in Jesus. As we sing this, let's sing the words from our heart. Truly remember what a friend we have in Jesus.
1: Father, we thank you for the service we had today. Thank you for the message that we heard. I pray that during this time you will help us to remember that you are always constant. Your word is always constant. And what Jesus did for us on the cross is always constant, Lord. And I pray that this week uh, we'll, we'll celebrate what was done on the cross and that uh, you'll just lift everyone up. In Jesus' name, amen.